Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And while you were here, you might as well check out the Leads Podcast Network, where we have six, yeah, you heard it, six brand new shows, Monday through Saturday, each and every single week. You can listen to our podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And whenever you listen to them, we are there. We cover the NBA, the WNBA, and we even dip our toes into the NFL. Check us out because we're really good. Memphis, 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 what up, Grizz Nation, and welcome back to another episode of Grizz 901. I'm your host, Daniel Greer, and today I have some apologies to hand out. It was me. I'm the one that had the technical difficulties, and so let me just rewind it as to why we did not have an episode on Monday, and now this is coming out on Wednesday. Well, Sunday, we recorded two podcasts, one for the podcast network with the lead, and then one for Grizz901. Everything was great. I had Cody on. Ryan is out due to sinus issues. And so he sounded like a terrible human talking. And it was just me. And and I decided that I was going to record. And my microphone decided to fall. And have a fall from grace, we'll say, during the first minute of recording. I put it back on. Everything looked good. Nothing out of the ordinary, so we recorded an hour and a half of podcast in total. Well, it did not sound good. It it sounded horrible. So, if you're hearing this and I sound good, finally, finally, I've gotten it fixed. I don't know what happened. I don't know if there were buttons pushed. I don't know if I just needed to let Jesus take the... W- okay, I'm not going to sing. Uh, but it was a weird... Weird time, and I've now gotten everything underway, and we're back to recording again. This will be a short podcast, but I had to open it up with my apologies. But one thing I will say is thank you. Thank you for making our last podcast one of our top five most listened to podcasts. So, shout out. Shout out all to Grizz Nation. Thank you so much. It's um, It's been a wild ride. It's been a fun ride. This podcast was started uh, really by me. And we want to do alongside Grizz Lead. And Grizz Lead has been awesome. It's been really fun. Uh, I've taken over a lot of the social media stuff on Twitter. And so it's kind of piggybacked off of that. And we want to kind of give that out to the fans of Grizz Lead, part of the Lead Sports Media. And so that's really what's happened. So that's really uh, my apologies, but also my thank you. I'm going to get into two things this week. We're going to get into the Portland Trailblazers game that is tonight. We on that late night tip, late, late, late night tip tonight. It's a nine o'clock tip out on the West Coast against the Blazers. The Blazers are on the back to back of a home back to back, which is good for them. But they're in the third game in four days. Not ideal, not ideal at all. And Dame just got off of 47 minutes. So we'll discuss all that next. We'll also hit on... Trade season. Everybody's talking about trade season, so let's dabble into it a little bit. I'm not going to give my full opinions yet. I want to just lay out everything. Lay out everything. Open the open the cupboard. 
if you don't know what the cupboard is, then that just means I'm old and you're young. But let's open up the pantry doors. Open up the doors and let you see all the goods. And I'll explain a little bit about what's going on with the, the Grizzlies contracts, but also what maybe they look to do and what they don't do. But we won't give any answers yet. I want to have Ryan on when we start talking about trade season and what they should and shouldn't do, adding, subtracting, and all that kind of good stuff. So let's get into this week with the Grizz Nation unveiling the Portland Trailblazers. They are struggling right now. They are 11-17 and 17 overall. They are 1-9 and nine in the last 10. Losers of their last six. Last night they took on the Phoenix Suns. They were leading a lot of that game, especially in the late in the second half. And they end up letting the Suns come back, tie it, go into overtime, and then they lost in overtime. What that did is that allowed Dame to play 47 minutes. 47 minutes. Now on a back-to-back. It's really weird. I don't know what they're going to do, but he was hurt, and they just got him back. So a lot of that is without Dame, uh, those those losses. But also a lot of it was without C.J. McCollum as well, who's out with a lung issue uh, indefinitely. So he is out as well. So they're without those two. They're two big guys, and they were taking a lot of losses. Dame's back, and they haven't picked up a win yet. But I don't want to be that win, and I don't want to see it happen tonight. The line opened at plus one and a half for the Grizzlies. Since I've been recording and setting up this morning, it's very it's, it's pretty early in the morning. It has now flipped to the Grizzlies minus one and a half. So it's completely flipped a total of three points. So I'm not sure what their plans are with Dame and playing. And that's something we want to look at throughout the day is who exactly is going to play for them. But either way, a best bet, my favorite bet. It, it was the plus one and a half for the Grizzlies. Now it's minus one and a half. I think that the same thing is is still in play. I, I still think you hit that minus one and a half for the Grizzlies because I think this is a game the Grizzlies want to win, but also a game that they definitely can win. And crossing our fingers, we hope that there's no COVID protocols, something late that might change. But just give you a heads up. That is where I'm going. But my best bet, is under, under a team total with the Blazers, under team total Blazers at minus, I'm sorry, not minus, it's minus 110, but is a 109.5. So that means that if you're following along, the Blazers have to score 110 points to hit. I love that. I love it. Because the Grizzlies, the most they've allowed is 106. The last game, even in a win, So that that was to the Dallas Mavericks at 106. Last game they played was 104, and they gave that up, but it was really a blowout, right? So at that point, that's what you're you're playing with is is a little bit of fire if you're blowing a team out, if they get up that high. But usually if it's a blowout, it's still low. But even then, it's still a low number. And so I I love that overall because I don't know if the Blazers are going to get there. The Blazers in overtime last night, 107 points in overtime. So an extra few minutes, their legs are going to be a little down. And getting into that, fast break points will be the key to victory tonight. Getting your hands active, like the Grizzlies have continued to do, getting those deflections and getting those steals, which the Grizzlies are honestly tops in the league at 11.6 steals. That's in the, these are in the last 10 games, 
And then also on blocks, six and a half. The bottom half of the league, 6.7 in steals is the Blazers. And the bottom 10 of the league in blocks is 3.9. They're not doing a whole lot. They're struggling. And that's really what it comes down to is that they're not getting active. And their defense is really the issue that's struggling. Overall in the year, they, the opponents at, uh, the opponents' points per game that the Blazers give up is 111.2, which isn't crazy because over the course of the year, the Grizzlies are 10, 109.6. Uh, That's fallen down. It used to be 111. So let's say those are even. The points per game, the Grizzlies are now at 111, and the, uh, and the Portland is at 108.2. Okay, so that's really what it comes, that, that's what, there's a practically even the Grizzlies are, you know, scoring a little bit more, but the reason those Portland numbers have kind of taken a dip is really in the last 10 games. And so if you look at those numbers, they're probably fairly even outside of the last 10 games for both teams. Let me give you the last 10 games. The opponents are scoring 116 points against the Blazers while the Blazers are only scoring 104. That's huge, huge. That means that they're not doing anything defensively to stop you, and they really just can't score. And I know that was without Dame, and most of that was without CJ. So, please understand, they're struggling on defense, and if you can get on a team that's on their third game in four days on a home back-to-back where they just went to overtime, that's really how you get up on a team. The Grizzlies are only only allowing 99.6 points in the last 10 games. Huge. And they're scoring 114. So, the Grizzlies need to continue to do what they've been doing. And that really is just playing with energy. In all honesty, it's that simple. It's it's simple as can be. The Grizzlies are playing simple basketball. And it's let your defense create your offense. They're shooting better, right? But they're also getting into the paint. And speaking of points in the paint, the Portland Trailblazers are one of the worst in the league at giving points in the paint at 50 points per game. And that is huge. Last night against the Phoenix Suns, they gave up their number, 50 points in the paint. The Grizzlies need to get into the paint. Speaking of fast break points, which we were, 19 fast break points for the Suns last night. The Grizzlies need to be energetic and active and also use their depth to their advantage. That is a very, very big key for them. Last night, looking at this this box score for the uh, the Portland Trailblazers, they really only played eight players. Ben McLemore was their ninth player. He, he, he played four minutes. So I didn't watch the game, so I don't want to give too much insight on it. But the majority of those eight players played a heavy load of minutes. Seven of them played 24 or more. Nasir Little, he played 24. The rest of them played over 30 minutes. So this team is going to be a little tired. But we never take a team for granted because usually you know, a team that's coming off of six losses, they're, they're really angry and they want to win. I was kind of hoping for the Trailblazers to win last night because if they won... Maybe they set Dame tonight because it, you know there's no reason to play a guy that comes off 47 minutes. They picked up a win, so they're heading the right direction. But on a six-game losing streak, do you just punt and take seven losses in a row? Are they are they going to be a little bit more hungry 
because they have now lost six in a row and they don't want to lose again to the to the team that really has kind of been a mild, very mild, and it's only been to due to John Morant and Damian Lillard being so good, but a mild rivalry. Who knows? But I'm looking at that and I'm looking to see exactly what this team does tonight with the Blazers. Do they come in hungry? Are they pissed off that they just took a loss at home to the Phoenix Suns, a game they should have won? We'll see. But I like the, the to reiterate the fact the Grizzlies at plus one, one and a half, you can still find it. I think it's all gone. But the Grizzlies are now minus one and a half points on the spread at minus 110. So go take that number. I do like the Grizzlies to win by two or more tonight for sure. But the biggest bet that I like the most is holding the Trailblazers under 109.5. I just think that that's what's going to happen tonight is they hold them under 109.5. If you haven't checked out the Leeds Podcast Network, you need to do it now. Okay, maybe not now, but do it eventually. We have a show, me and Ryan have a show on Mondays called Free Basketball. Go check it out. There's other good shows. We have a new show that just started on Friday. We had a guy get taken away from us. Somebody offered him a much more lucrative contract than what we could offer here. But you know what? I'm happy. I'm like a proud dad. I'm a proud dad that had somebody from outside of the lead sports media come and offer one of our shows a a one-year contract that had decent money to it. And with that being said, we have a new show. And I'm very excited because it talks about the front office moves, what teams are doing, what have they done in the past, and looking at this as an organizational view. And it's called Let's Make Moves with Corbin Ford. It's brand new. It's Friday. It's going to be here every single Friday on the Leeds Podcast Network, so go check it out. All right, let's get into a little bit about trade season. And one thing I want to say is I want to first give a shout-out to someone who people were hating on earlier this year. Some people were calling that he should not be the coach. And that's Taylor Jenkins. Taylor Jenkins has done an incredible job this year. And he's pretty much leading by example. He's keeping the ship heading the right direction. He isn't playing, but... It's very important that we give him some credit of these players, these bench players that are playing. They have come up and they've played very well. And really, a lot of it is credit to those players. I don't want to take away anything from the players. But the coaches, the entire coaching staff, have a lot to do with that. For the simple fact of keeping the players ready. Sending them down to G League games and having them get some playing time. Okay, Bringing them back. Having them be a part of the team. I know the rules have laxed on that, which is which is such a great thing that the NBA is doing. But they've kind of laxed on the rules where you can send them, you know, how many times, you know, up and down, you know, depending on what you have to do. But I like that the fact is they're using that to their advantage. We have a team right here, local, down the road, 15 minutes down the road in South Haven, the Memphis Hustle, and they are, you know, pretty much allowing them to go there and get some playing time. And now when we need them, we need them the most in these last nine games. That's really been a very important. And so I want to give a shout out to Taylor Jenkins and his staff. A lot of people uh, on Twitter have said, well, maybe the lineups don't look so goofy anymore. What? What? 
the lineups are still goofy. Like they are. I, I, I don't think they're that goofy. But to everyone else who called them goofy, they're the same exact lineups. It's just these players are playing well. That's really all it comes down to. Like, there's not been much change. Like, honestly, if anything, he's kind of just had to play these players, and he's made very good decisions with playing Santi Aldama at times, John Conchar, Jarek Culver's look good, right? Someone who uh, hasn't played at all is Sam Merrill because he's hurt. But let's just give credit to Taylor Jenkins for developing these players, but also keeping these goofy lineups going. Your words, not mine. But let's talk about trade season. And because we're talking about a lot of the rookies, these rookies are playing better. And so I asked myself the question, you know, does this period right now where the where the bench players are playing more, does that allow the Grizz to move on from some players? And that's really the question. Does this time now that Jaw's out, okay, Brandon Clark's been out, Sire Williams has been out, I think that, it's safe to say, and the only reason I say safe is because Brandon Clark was not in the lineup. But I think Brandon Clark has, has owed a position in this rotation of 10, for sure. He's played very well, and I think that he is playing much better than someone who he's battling minutes with is Xavier Tillman. So Morant, Zaire, and Brandon all deserve time. They've been out for a good bit of this time because of you know, various injuries. And so other players have stepped up. And so I'm curious what the Grizzlies decide to do. If they do make a consolidation effort, is it better and easier now that they've seen a lot of these players step up and play really good minutes? Santi Aldama should not be playing hardly any minutes, if not the minutes that he's playing. And he's played pretty well for the most part. Also, someone we gotta we gotta look at is Killian Tilly, and I love Killian Tilly. It's he, he's been a very good player for the Grizzlies when he's played. He's looked good down at the G League, and I think that Killian Tilly, and I've said this out on Grizzly, will be a rotational player for the Grizzlies next year on a full time basis. I think he's that good. The only thing that's hurt Killian Tilly from from being that and accelerating in his career is injuries. If he can stay injury-free, then I think Killian Tilly is a player that will be in this rotation for sure. So shout out to that guy. So looking at just those two players that have stepped up, Zaire has been much better than he's been than I expected him to be. Same thing for Santi Aldama. I expected this out of Killian Tilly, maybe not the three-point shot. So that, that asked me that question. Does this period allow, you know, where the bench players are playing, does this allow the Grizzlies to consolidate and make some swings with either maybe, a, you know, some free agents to be that are only on one-year contracts for this year? Or do we package some of these, you know, guys who have potential now, now that the, uh, the around the league has seen what they can do? They can go 8-1 and one over a nine-game span without our biggest player, and honestly, some of that was without, you know, a game without Jaron, you know, a game without Dylan, you know, and, and Bain's been playing so good. Does this allow us to consolidate and use some of those pieces that people might be after to bring in a bigger fish? When is that time? Is that time this year?
but also asking the question, what do they get back for guys who have been so good for the Grizzlies during this time? And that's Tyus and Kyle. Sam Merrill is also on a one-year contract. I don't believe that the Grizzlies are going to bring back Sam Merrill next year. There's no reason to. So I would expect him to either just expire or eventually maybe just released, cut, whatever you want to call it, if they bring in too many players back. Okay, Sam's not on this team for long. I just don't believe that. There's no way you can say that he's going to be here for a longer time than just this season. So Tyus, Kyle, and Sam. I do believe that one. if there is a consolidation part, I do believe that one of those players is involved in that. And I think that Tyus, even though he has not been a great postseason player that Kyle has been, I think that uh, Tyus is very important because you need him for the regular season. You need him. You need a stability for that second unit during the regular season because really during the during the season itself, what happens if Ja gets hurt? You do have Melton, you do have Bain, and that's great. And a lot of people will look to that and say, hey, they can run that. But I like having that stability in Tyus of being there as kind of a, a fallback. What do the Grizzlies do with him in the offseason? Do they offer him another contract? I would like to think so. I don't know what that contract looks like, but I think it's a contract that the Grizzlies need to at least evaluate. I, I know that they could be better in the backup position, but I haven't seen it. And so I, I, I really do think that Tyus, who's making $7.5 million this year at the age of 25, I think that you can get closer and to that $9 million mark unless he really is just dead set on being a starting point guard. If that's the case, or maybe he's dead set on making 12 to 14 million. I, I'm not sure. But if he's really close to under the under the 10 million mark, I, I would love to have Tyus back. Kyle Anderson, he's making roughly 10 million this year at the age of 28. So at the age of 28, you're kind of entering your prime and you have a prime of maybe at least two years, maybe three to four, depending on you know how you age. I think slow-mo can age at a better rate because he's not having to do so much. But the shot hasn't been there as much this year, and so that's kind of been an, an issue for me. So what do they do with Kyle? Does that allow that maybe we found somebody in Killian Tilly who can take over the role of Kyle? Or do they bring somebody back? That's a question that I ask myself. Do do they package Kyle and Sam and maybe Brandon Clark in hopes of bringing back someone that is fits the mold of Kyle Anderson? Do they trade those players plus you know some draft picks in hopes of bringing back a starter? Okay, but then who do you move out of the starting lineup? I think Baines solidified himself in the starting lineup. Dylan solidified himself in the starting lineup. Jaron in the starting lineup. Ja in the starting lineup. That only leaves Steven Adams. I don't think Steven Adams has to be in the starting lineup. But what are you bringing back? If it's a DeMontis Sabonis, then yeah, I'm down with that. If it's Miles Turner, yeah, I, I get that completely. I know Ben Simmons talks. Some people hate on him. But I'm not, I'm not against that. Ben Simmons is, is an ex- exceptional player. But I don't want to get into too much of the trade talk of who the actual players are. I'm just looking through the actual contracts and, and starting the conversation and the thought process in my head of what the Grizzlies look to do. 
But also you look at you know a guy like Brandon Clark who has a $4 million option next year. That's cheap. He's 25, and that's very, very cheap for teams want to pick up, right? So he's a guy that you will throw in on, on as a sweetener to a deal to get the job done. He's only making two, 2.7, so that's the issue as well. So one issue is it's great because he has a $4.3 million option next year. The other issue, he's only making 2.7. So you have to throw in somebody with a bigger contract like Kyle who's making almost 10. If you want to throw in Steven Adams at the $17 million mark, that's good because he's, if you really do not want him, you write him off for $9 million next year. So there's a lot of playing that they could do, but also you look at the Grizzlies have 12 players under contract next year. Okay, I mentioned the three people they do not, and that is Tyus, Kyle, and Sam. You also have Yeast Ponds, who is a two-way contract, and then Killian Tilly, who is 23 on a two-way contract. I would believe they're going to continue to keep Killian Tilly for the long term. Maybe he is the guy who signs the the contract with the actual team next year. If that's true, then you have 14 players. I'm sorry, then you have 13 players under contract next year. My math, I used my toes twice and it didn't work. But you have 13 players under contract next year. So that's the other thing is, you're also about to make three draft picks, potentially. Three first-round draft picks next year. What do you do there? So I want people to understand what's going on with this team. They are playing really, really good. They're 17-11. and 11. They're fourth in the West. I love how they're playing. But I like to think sometimes long-term, such as the front offices are thinking long-term. And just like I talked about earlier, the Leeds Podcast Network, Corbin Ford has the podcast do. Let's make moves. And this is really what he talks about is looking at this team kind of in the in the future because there's somebody that has to look at this team for the future. What do you do? How do you consolidate? Looking at the long-term contracts, Jaw will get the extension next year. I, I don't worry about that. Jaron just got his extension, five years total, including this year. And all these all these contracts include this year. Melton, three years. Zaire, four years. Conchar, three years. Bain, three years. Aldama, three years. Xavier Tillman, three years. Everybody, that's half of the half of the uh, the roster is on a long term contract of three or more years. And so there's a lot of changing around to do, but the great thing about this, the Grizzlies are in a great great position because they now can make the swings that if for some reason it didn't work it's not the craziest thing that they can't bounce back from but also it allows them to be patient and make proper swings when they need to and not have to just go all in for it like some of these other teams so I'm really excited about what's to be with this team and I'm going to get with Ryan and we're going to talk about trade season now, as of December the 15th, everybody who signed contracts, everybody's available now to be traded. And so looking at roughly two months before the trade deadline, there's going to be a lot of movement going on. The Ben Simmons deal is still hanging out there. The Pacers are still not looking good. They've already made it known. Miles Turner's made it known that he kind of wants out of there in a sense. And they put, you know, Levert, Sabonis, Turner all on the trade block. What do the Portland Trailblazers do? Because they've kind of not looked good. They're now, as of today, 
they're out of the 10, the play in. They're not even they're not even in the play in. If you if the if it started right now, it would not start with the T- Portland Trailblazers. It would start actually with the Sacramento Kings. And that just kind of lets you know what's going on with them. So that's all I want to have this week. I want to be something short. Uh, I hope to do another one later this week. Uh, I should have time. My actual personal life, my work has been crazy. Very demanding for me closing up towards the, the end of the year. But I want to put out these because I think it's very important. So with that being said, I will do my best. We do have late night tips. Make sure we stay up for these games. Root on our Grizzlies and watch them. Hit those best bets. Grizzlies minus one and a half. But also, my favorite bet is hit the under on the Portland Trailblazers at 109.5. I don't see the Portland Portland Trailblazers scoring 110 points. Also, something to look at if you're looking at best bets. Look for Kyle Anderson steals, DeAnthony Melton steals. They are averaging a, a high number right now. I'm not looking at the exact number. But if it's point, you know, if they're looking for one steal or more, you can combine those two in a single game parlay for probably fairly even odds. If it's one and a half, then maybe you look at just doing them by themselves. But I do believe that if they are just a, just one steal each, I think combining them two on a single game parlay is good return for your money. But but that's all we have. Thank you for hanging out. And once again, thank you for making our last podcast one of our top five most downloaded podcasts. It's awesome. It's fun. I love seeing the growth of Grizz901. I love seeing fans joining in on Grizz Lead. I've had a lot of people want to be friends. They want to follow since I've kind of taken over the helm. So I'm going to pat myself on the back a little bit. But it just shows that Grizz Nation is strong. Grizz Nation's here. I love it. Let's get it this week. The weather is weird. Let's go to Portland and be weird too. Why not? Be nice and tell your friends. <laughs>